The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. If knowledge is empowerment, does the place you garner that knowledge matter? The answer is yes, it does matter, says Joy Johnson, the president of Simon Fraser University. Johnson continues by noting, a university degree carries with it exceptional career prospects, higher pay, and it opens a person's mind to the realm of the possible and pushes the boundaries of the seemingly impossible. There are many careers that are simply unattainable without a university degree, such as health, the sciences, technology, business, law, and education. And there's this perception that universities are also a place where you can explore ideas from a variety of perspectives and that you are free to do so. I invited Joy Johnson, the president of Simon Fraser University, to join me for a conversation that matters about the complex, diverse, and critical roles universities play in our economy and society. Joy, welcome. Thank you, it's really a pleasure to be here with you. You took over at SFU a little while ago. How long ago was it? About a year and year and a half ago? Two years ago? That's right. Yeah. About a year and a half. Uh, September 2020. Um, the pandemic was, you know, in its full thrust, and um, that's when I took on the presidency. So, did that throw into question? Well, what is the role of having a physical university? Because suddenly you pivot, and I know SFU did so really quite elegantly to online. Is this going to be the model? Are we going online or do we need to have that physical place as well? Well, I, I am. I want to begin by saying I was so impressed by our faculty and uh, the way that they were able to pivot, and it was indeed elegant. Um, but I will say we are a bricks and mortar institution, and really do believe um, the, about the vital role of uh, of learning that can take place in classrooms, in community, and that university is also more than simply what happens in the classroom. It is also about the conversations in the hallways. It's about other forms of interaction that take place on our campuses, and so. Uh, we are very much back on campus and looking forward to continuing to have a university community that thrives on our three campuses. Well, I, you know, I find that to be a really interesting point because the social skills that are learned by being in place with other people, you find your place in society, in groups, you, you develop uh, relationships that you can't if you only live in an isolated virtual world. But does it enhance your learning by being in, in place with others? Uh, or do we wind up coming out sort of even if you only had a virtual uh, you know, it, uh, interaction with your, with your teachers versus being there in the, in the real world with so many other people who are consuming the same information? I think there is some evidence emerging um, that learning outcomes um, did suffer um, when we went totally online. And I think part of the reason is that um, we moved, we basically took what we were trying to do in the classroom and move it directly online. And ideally blended, blended classrooms or even online education takes a whole other kind of think, uh, you know, thought process to really curate a, a good learning experience. And so I do think um, um, for our students at least who were learning online, um, some of the um, learning outcomes were not what we ha had hoped for. And to your point, uh, I think particularly for young people, they benefit so much um, by being part of a social network, um, having that opportunity to connect, and it's not simply possible online. 
No, it's not. <laughs> I, when I'm asking the question, it was as though I, I don't want to learn only online because I think that in the environment where there's this dynamic interaction between people, you're challenging each other or you're clarifying. Uh, you're saying, I didn't get that. Did you? Uh, did it make sense to you? Could, you? could they have meant this or that? And uh, and so I think that this is a vital part of like being in place together. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was on a number of, many of my meetings were also online, three-hour Zoom meetings, and it's actually very hard to pay attention uh, to absorb and and the other thing is here we are interacting you know body language connectivity it's really important in terms of full communication yeah you cannot discount that but let's talk about how, what is the role of a university in you know the development of a human being uh, because it's yes you learn uh, specific knowledge-based skills that are going to uh, hopefully uh, set you up to have a uh, you know a productive and fulfilling career but it also plays a larger role does it not well absolutely i mean i think part of university education is about honing critical thinking skills and we know that that really is essential um, you know to take material and not just consume it um, but to think about it to um, unpack arguments to be able to solve problems. So that certainly is part of it, university education. You know, gaining content, gaining knowledge, understanding our history, these are all elements that can take place within the university. But I think the other thing, and we've learned this more and more as well, is that, and I mentioned this, that a lot of learning happens outside the classroom, and more and more universities like Simon Fraser University are also, through co-op programs and other work integrated learning opportunities, also taking our classrooms into the community and allowing students to also learn through these types of experiences and then bringing back that learning into the classroom. So I think that kind of seamless opportunities for, for, for our students to, 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 to gain content, to, to think about uh, and gain skills in terms of critical thinking, but also to gain real-world experience is really important. So to be able to provide that real-world experience, how connected do you have to be to uh, the different agencies and companies and organizations that are a part of the system in which you are a part of? Yeah, so, you know, my predecessor, Andrew Petter, the vision for SFU he established was to be uh, Canada's engaged university, and that's a vision I totally believe in. And SFU has three campuses in the three largest municipalities in British Columbia, and we have a number of partners, and those partnerships are so valuable in terms of providing learning opportunities for our students, um, creating connections for our faculty to work on, on issues and problems together. So to your point, it is vital. Uh, and we have multiple industry partners who um, seek out our co-op students. And I would say particularly um, and at, at this particular time, when it is very difficult to attract highly qualified personnel, um, we are learning more and more that industry is relying on their co on our co-op students in order to find um, personnel who they might be able to attract in attract into their companies once these students graduate. So are there particular areas of study where you are most appropriately suited for the, you know, the, the economy of British Columbia? Yeah, we, you know, we're, we're paying a lot of attention to what the, um, you know, what the gap areas are. And it's interesting, I would say, um, bottom line, and we know this, it's, it is basically a university degree that's required. You know, most employers, yeah. many of them say, I was talking to someone in the banking industry, we can teach you banking, but we cannot teach you that broad critical thinking, that kind of no, uh, an understanding of how to access knowledge, problem solve, etc. So give me a solid university degree, we'll hire someone, and we can add on that additional mm -hmm. um, knowledge. So that's key. But there are certain areas where we are seeing incredible 
demand. And we see that because our students are really wanting to be enrolled in these programs as well. And these are a lot of the computational science areas, computing science, statistics, et cetera, where we are realizing that in the digital economy that these types of skills are really valuable and highly sought after. I've got to get you to hang on for a second while we take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. So if we take a look at what's happening here in British Columbia, and I'm a kind of a big fan of what, what is uh, starting to unfold and emerge here, is we see tremendous advances in life sciences and biomedical engineering. And it looks to me like the, the Department of Science and Applied Sciences at SFU is really paying attention to this and saying, yes, we're going to help to develop and contribute to this growing center of you know activity that is having an impact that goes way beyond our borders. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think about companies like stem cell technology sitting you know at the bottom of the mountain the Alan mountain <laughs> with Alan Eves doing incredible work growing an incredible company but on two points there you know again they are really looking for our our, our graduates because they are growing and are going to need these employees but but I think also there's an increasing recognition um, um, in a number of areas in in the biomedical sciences that we can partner together to solve problems. We have incredible capacity for research and development um, through our facilities, but also the expertise of our faculty. And the more that we can kind of break down those barriers and find ways to work together, the more I think we can advance British Columbia and you know this really important sector. When it comes to research, uh, many universities have significant research departments. How important is this to SFU that you continue to expand and focus on that research area? Because out of that, you can create new ideas that can be patented, monetized, they can become standalone companies that have this ongoing connection with the university. How much of your focus has to be uh, directed towards that? Well, I think it's important to, you know, to acknowledge we are a research university. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and so it is part of our core mission. And, uh, you know, students come to SFU not simply to be, you know, you know, to acquire knowledge, but to be exposed to top-level researchers who are really moving their fields forward. Mm -hmm. And, and it is essential um, to SFU, uh, and I'm really proud of our track record. We have one of the fastest growing research incomes of any university in Canada. Um, a lot of that is through partnerships with industry. Uh, and, and our research actually spans from the humanities into, you know, cells and society as well. And, and I do see, I think what's most critically important is that this research is having impact and making a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's a critical role for universities is to provide um, really that knowledge engine uh, to be producing new insights, new knowledge, patents, uh, new intellectual property that can be spun out into companies that can actually contribute to existing industry. Um, and, and also um, through that kind of engine of work, expose students to great ideas. So I think one of the things that I kind of struggle with as far as, uh, you know, creating a, the financial resources that a Canadian university uh, can pull together is that we don't have the same model that they have in the United States where you can go to a donor and they'll give you a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, and this has happened more than once yeah. in the United States. That isn't really the model here. We have government funding and then, of course, 
uh, you can only sell so many seats. I mean, it sounds like too commercial, but that's what it is. You only have so many seats that the government's going to fund. Yep. Well, that's not going to give you enough money. So how else does the university go about being able to make sure that it is a viable economic entity? Well, that is the um, basically the hundred million dollar question, mm -hmm. and and I would say um, you know it's it, and it's really a, a timely question because currently the post secondary sector is undergoing a funding review to really look at um, you know at the quote formula that has been used to fund post secondary education in this province, and 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 to your point, we do have a very different culture uh, of philanthropy uh, in British Columbia. Um, that being said, we have amazing donors who really have stepped up in an incredible ways. But we are public institutions, and I really think that's important because um, our mission really is to serve the public, provide opportunities to try and break down barriers so access to education, post-secondary education, um, is available. Uh, but but that being said, revenue is an issue for us right now, and there's a, and our main revenue stream um, uh, increasingly is tuition, and and in part increasingly in tuition that comes from international students, and so we need to figure out where to from here. Neither of these things can grow exponentially, um, and we are having conversations with the government, and we need to figure out how to how to get it right. This is our second break. We'll be back in a moment. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Well, I know that the education system in Canada, you know, I'm going to go back to Alan Ease for just a moment. He told me recently, he said, you know, we have an excellent education we system. Yeah. We, we produce uh, tremendous scientists. And so for him, he's saying, I want to give them an opportunity to stay here and work here, yeah. which is great. But And that all enhances our reputation as a uh, uh, education jurisdiction, uh, which is very, very attractive. Uh, I know in Asia and 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 uh, not that I can call China an emerging economy any longer, but China and, and Asia and so on, they look to Canada and go, this is a place that I want to send my children. This is a, a valued education. Are we not equally attractive to Americans? And can we focus on getting more of them here? Yeah, no, I think we are attractive. And in part, uh, we actually are quite a, uh, an economic deal for students wanting to come um, yes. uh, and, and uh, obtain an excellent degree. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, for Simon Fraser University, one thing I recognize is that um, we, we do provide an excellent education. We're really, I, I think, an unsung, unrecognized um, quantity in post-secondary education in the States in particular. And we have opportunities there. Um, and, and I think we need to continue to think about and exploit those opportunities um, and look for ways to continue to diversify our international students. And the U.S. market is part of that. So I think about all of this, you, you know, you develop scientific research that can be spin-off companies which can create money. Yes, you bring in foreign intuition, uh, intuition, tuition. Yeah. Uh, um, can we not somehow build into the equation, though, that universities are an economic engine unto themselves in the sense that they are, uh, you know, creating economic activity that grows out 
as a result. I think, um, is yeah, that part of the equation? I think absolutely it is. And I think that's something that's forgotten. And it became very clear during the pandemic, to me at least. When I looked, for example, just a small example, when our students left our campuses, I looked at the impact on the small businesses surrounding our campuses. Think about our procurement. Uh, you know, we, we have 35,000 students at Simon Fraser University, thousands of faculty and staff. We really are a small city unto ourselves. And that's just one of the post-secondary um, institutions in this province. So think about the economic impact and in terms of the number of people we employ, in terms of, you know, the amount of uh, services we, we provide as well. And, you know, I think we need to recognize um, uh, the heft, I guess, in terms of the impact on the economy. So use that little clip right there when you're talking to government about how they're going to, you know, re-examine the, their, their funding. Because I think that it's easy to forget that. You look at it only as, well, that's a bunch of money that's going out, but forgetting that it's circulating back into the economy. Yeah, it's such a good point. I think the other piece, and, and I look at the, the province's ambitions right now, and if you think about, you know, the small city we run, we're also, you know, really taking our, our climate um, obligations very seriously as well. If every university decreased their greenhouse gas emissions, just think again about the impact on this province. So I just think that kind of cross-sectoral thinking, not only about what we deliver in terms of our core business, but these other consequences, is they're just so important for us to be thinking about. You know, you wrote an op-ed recently talking about the talent gap that is coming mm -hmm. and how important it is that universities are going to be able to play a role in filling that. Does that then start to change the focus of uh, where you're going to say, look, we need to get more people into computing sciences or into applied sciences or, you know, healthcare and so on? And, and diminish the role of liberal arts education. Uh, does, is that balance always in flux yeah. because of the needs? Yeah, so I, I, I do believe that students' um, enrollment or their you know, demand is a great market signal about where jobs are going, um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I do think that a university um, needs to continue to have a robust offering of social science and humanities offerings. And we do see a number of our students wanting to continue to have um, a strong um, foundation in those areas and recognize um, really the value of that foundation. That being said, um, as an example, the province right now is looking at the expansion of what they refer to as tech seats and in part recognizing the need for um, producing more graduates who will um, be able to fill roles in the technology sector. And so we're, you know, aligning with the province, but we will continue as we, as we try to expand seats in these areas. But we also are very cognizant of the need to be a comprehensive university. That's what a university is. Mm -hmm. It is a space for a variety of different perspectives and, and ideas. And it is my great hope that someone who comes and studies physics will also be exposed to other great ideas within the university context. Third and final break. We'll be right back. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Not to diminish the role of places like BCIT, um, no, no, uh, they give a, a training-based uh, uh, experience or education mm -hmm. saying this is how you become, uh, you know, fulfill this role or that. But it doesn't have, and I'm not trying to be uh, diminish that role. I, I graduated from BCIT in their journalism program, and it, it's done me well. But 
I can't help but think that uh, you know my development as a person might have been different if I had a university degree. One, because I think it increases a level of confidence, but possibly, probably would have opened me up to a wider range of perspectives and views earlier in my life. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I reflect back on a, um, a recent convocation address from our Chancellor Tamara Vroom and the current CEO of uh, y the YDR, yes, yeah. and you know she was talking about having a degree in history as her first degree, yeah, and and what that did for her in terms of that foundation of understanding, providing an understanding of where we've come from as a province, as a society, and how that helps her in her role as a CEO first at Van City, well first in government, then in, in Van City, and now at YVR, and I think it's a really important reflection. On, on how we draw on that education as we move into different roles and build on it. And I think there are different ways to do that. I think um, um, there, are, there are advantages to coming to university and obtaining a degree. There are advantages for our degree students to go to going to institutions like BCIT to gain additional skills. And that's why we need a system. And that's why I'm, I'm particularly proud. We have great system in Canada, but in BC in particular, um, I think we really have a gem here and we need to continue to protect it. So an issue that I think is vitally important as we continue to come together as a country is our role with the First Peoples or Indigenous Peoples of Canada. What role can Simon Fraser University play in helping us to, as Chief Dr. Robert Joseph put it, you know, uh, every act of uh, reconciliation takes is an act of courage. Mm -hmm. well, and, and so we have to learn to come together in a way that is going to be uh, beneficial for all um, and help everybody realize their full potential. What role can SFU play in that very important, uh, you know, element of our country as we move forward. Absolutely. Um, when I became president, I did articulate that um, a focus on reconciliation was a priority. And, and at SFU, this has been a priority. We developed a report the, um, from the Aboriginal Reconciliation Council with a number of calls to action. And I think what I recognize now more than ever is that the work that we're going to do in terms of, um, in, you know, indigenizing our curriculum, welcoming faculty, staff, and students who are indigenous to our university has to be done in partnership. And so we are working very closely with our host nations. Um, and we're establishing indigenous governance within the university because it's important um, that indigenous people, and we see this in terms of the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People, have a right to self determination and that is also true in terms of education. So how do we create those systems within systems? How do we really think about um, moving the dial? Uh, and I think um, post-secondary institutions like Simon Fraser University are key um, and we take our obligations seriously. I did a, uh, or had a wonderful interview with a young uh, indigenous person in Penticton, in the Penticton Band office one time, and uh, he had gone through a, an education process. And I said, so what was the most important thing that you gained from your education? And he said, well, self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what's so important about that? And he said, well, it's like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Once you have it, you have no idea where it's gonna take you. Mm -hmm. And I think we, that can be said, it's the same thing is true when it comes to university education. Once you have it, you have no idea where it's going to take you. I just love that. I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, recently we had convocation and saw 3,500 students crossing our stage. And you just think about that wildfire that's taking off in our province. And I just, I couldn't be prouder.
Wonderful. Thank you for coming in and joining me. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.